You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. On November 13th, Felix Unger was asked to leave his place of residence. A request came from his wife. Deep down, I had a feeling November 13th would be an awesome day for all of us because it reminds us of how awesome television can be when it's great. And the Odd Couple television series, even though it was technically a five-year bomb, is great. We'll take another look into the mind of whoever the hell created Mulaney and then compare the comedy and writing of a show that's 40 years old and let you decide where we've gone wrong. Speaking of wrong, how did the Jets do so right this Sunday? It made no sense unless you were Ace Rothstein from the movie Casino. He would have known. He might have been the only one that knew. Which brings me to my special guest tonight as well. He might have known also because he seems to know everything else. My guest tonight will talk about everything you thought you might have known and then dazzle you with his work from wacky packages to motion pictures and working with some of the greatest comedy legends of our time. Get ready to seriously have a great time at an all-new episode of The Spread with Dave Juskow. Yes, it is an all-new episode of The Spread. And we are here in the, uh, the beautiful month of November in beautiful New York City. It's another wonderful fall week in this lovely town that we call our home. Um, today, I am here with one of my favorite people and possibly the greatest guest of all time. <laughs> my friend who I've known for many, many years. No pressure. And there's... Uh, not a lot of people that know the same kind of comedy that I do and, and, and beyond and more, but please welcome the, uh, the great and, and co-host of the Gilbert Godfrey uh, podcast, Frank Santapadre, everybody. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Well, it's very nice to Such have you Such an on. intro. <laughs> I don't think I can <laughs> well, live up to that. Oh, you can live up to it, all right. You're the best. You've always have been. When was the last time we saw each other? Fifteen years ago, at least, because <laughs> I really didn't like it that much. That's the uh, you haven't aged. <laughs> Thank you. God yeah, bless you. I meant to say you look pretty good. Thanks, pal. See, you have all your hair too, yes, which is nice. Somewhat. No, you look good. You look good, and you always wear a blazer. And I think about that all the time because for you? some reason I remember you always you have a you know a nice slim physique. <laughs> I know that sounds a little gay, but um, <laughs> you've I remember in 1988 you came to see our improv group. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, wow. that's right. Wow. 1988. Uh, who was in that improv group? Was Die Kornberg? Yeah, Die Kornberg. Okay. And, uh, I mean, how funny is that? There was a guy named oh, Die. Wow. And it, and he was hilarious because all he could do was uh, the robot yeah. and Ed Koch. Yeah, he was kind of those one were note. his imitations, <laughs> but it was funny every time. <laughs> and uh, Russ Riley, the late Russ, Russ Riley, the late great Russ Riley. Uh, Mike, yeah. Mike Prochoice Royce, who uh, created uh, yeah, uh, met of a certain age, made and something of himself, made a little name Mr. for himself Royce. in the business, and um, another oh, Jerry Lambert. Who also is now made in something every of, himself. television commercial known to man every at this one point. Of them. Yeah. Every one. Google them, folks. You'll recognize them immediately. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And so I remember you sitting in the audience. I, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It's a you know, it's one of those things that you just uh, one of those visions that's implanted in your head. And you were sitting there, and I guess you were with a date, and you were in the audience, and you were just laughing. But you looked so handsome because I guess <laughs> we were we were all in our twenties, and we all looked like stupid idiots, and you know we were dressed in eighties fashion, and you always just looked like a gentleman. Dress for the job you want, and my I was dad saying used to, to myself, say. I wonder if he'll wear a blazer today, which you did. I'm sorry. No, because you look great in it. I want to do more of that. You want your guest to dress a little better? Well, I would like that. I think uh -huh. that's polite. But uh -huh. I mean, I, I want to dress more in a Off blazer. Off the production value of I the show a little bit? Good. I don't look that good in a blazer as you do. You have a good slim physique. That's what I was saying. I, well, thanks, I pal. look a little heavy. <laughs> I look a little top heavy. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Well, You're here in this wonderful little space. I know. It's, great. it's nice, so, right? Yeah, I would, I'm glad I'd, you like it. I'm impressed. I could have had an audience, too, but look, looking at those empty seats, it's just like being in that improv group in 1988. I guess that's why I remember you so much. You were the only one there. <laughs> what was the name of the improv group? Comedy Olympics. Comedy remember Olympics. With, the, uh, with the Jerry, Shulman. Jerry Shulman. Yeah. And didn't you guys wear referee outfits? Black and white? Uh, or no, did, we was wore Jerry? shirts. Jerry wore the referee outfit. It, right. was, it was based on... He stole it from a group called Comedy Sports, that's which right. he was in. So with two a Z. Him, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Sports and, uh, with a Z. Two, but all white people. Right. Uh, <laughs> that was before black people started using the Z and everything. Right. You know, they were, the improv community was ahead right, of the before time. Before they integrated improv. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was, you know, improv to me is just absolutely <laughs> horrible. In fact, there's another improv story that we have, which is, well, just, it's reminding me, looking at you, mm -hmm. 
the last time we saw each other in Los Angeles, what yeah. we were just talking about. Wait, with Mike you, Royce, we went to a Dodger game. Yes, but do you remember when we went to the, was that, were you with me or was it Danny Vermont? But I, I know we talked about it because mm-hmm. do you remember who was in the improv group that we went to see? We went with Sarah Silverman. <sighs> Every God. story I have on this show seems to be about Sarah. Yeah, but, I, re- I, mean, listen, I remember we, going to a show with Sarah, friends. but I don't remember who was actually we, in. We went to see an improv group. She was in the movie Something About Mary. And she was with uh, this girl that was in. It was her, Cameron Diaz, and another, this, these other two girls that were friends of Cameron Diaz is in the movie Something About Mary. Okay. So one of those girls she was in the movie with, which is so uh, amazing that Sarah Silverman has been in movies for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, that... Boggles my mind, you know. It's so funny because is, is, is something about Mary twenty years old I already? I think it's around, around that, Close right? Yeah. Let's just assume it's ninety four, ninety six. I don't know. I don't know. Let's say it's about okay. 15, 20 years old. So one of the girls <laughs> that she was in the uh, movie with was do, was in a, a stupid improv group. This is one of my favorite stories. The group was called Without a Net. God, that sounds familiar. Okay, Without a Net, meaning in the improv world. They're going rogue. Right. 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 So they're going to do so much edgy improv, they don't have any fail safe if they bomb. Where did we see this in LA? I, it was near uh, Tom Bergen's House of Irish Coffee. Okay. I remember because, wait, I'll tell you in a second who's sure. going to be in it. Well, I'll, let me just finish this because the thing was, they completely had a net. They're Jerry Shulman, the leader of their group. They were saying, we need names of authors. We need names of authors. And um, somebody yells out, James Joyce. And it was very clear that the girl who was to take James Joyce had no idea who James Joyce was. <laughs> so the guy helped her and said, you, you know, James Joyce, like, kind of an Irish uh, Dubliners uh-huh. kind of uh, thing. And uh, the girl's like, I don't know. So I'm like, but, but isn't that the net? Is it that the, you just gave her a net. You gave her a heads up on who James Joyce was. So how is that without a net? So it was a You're misnomer. ruining the illusion. It was a misnomer. It was. But guess who was in the... And I know you know. And I called them out right away. And Danny Vermont goes, that's, that's an unbelievable call. You ready? Moosey Dreyer. Oh, Moosey Dreyer from <laughs> Laughing. No, no, no. No, from the uh, Bob was, Newhart show. Yes. He was a little, oh, he was he was a little kid. In the, he used to a little kid that used to sit in the tree and laugh at. Oh, my God. I Lucy, didn't even know that. Lucy Dreyer. That's so funny that you called that, and I didn't even know, because I was like talking about the Bob Newhart show. So he was even working younger, because Bob Newhart was like probably 10 years later yeah. than laughing, yeah. right, or five. How, how do I have no memory of seeing Moosey Dreyer? Moosey Dreyer played enough. Howard Borden's son. That's right. In the Bob, the original Bob Newhart show. Google. And that's the funny thing. I'm leading up to this big thing, and I'm like, it was Moosey Dreyer. And anybody who's listening is just like... <laughs> I, Am I supposed to laugh at that? I don't. That's a reference we would make on the Gilbert Show, right? Right. It exactly. It would have to so, be a reference. But be, you and I know all these kind of characters. But he was in this improv group, right? Scary. So now he's like thirty something. Scary. He's in this improv group. The other person was Wayne Rogers' daughter, uh, the original Trapper John. From sure. Mesh. I'm turning around as if there's an audience. Uh, sure. You know, the original <laughs> Trapper John. From well, Hank knows. Is Hank still here? Hank no, left. He took off. Okay. He doesn't have time for nonsense. But um, yeah, it's the original. Uh, Trapper Jump from Mastro, Wayne Rogers, and his daughter was there. So this guy, this 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 improv show made a. I was so angry at it because Wayne Rogers <laughs> left Mash, just the way sure. that idiot uh, sure. who did Hello Larry did. Uh, right? McLean Stevenson. Right? He leaves Mash to do. I don't know. He guess he thinks he's doing movies. This jerk off, never to be seen again. And um, so then he's yeah, at the improv much. group. His daughter's in the improv group. And if you're saying pretty much that it's true, he didn't, even play, you tra- know he didn't even play Trapper John in the Trapper John spinoff. <laughs> How much of an embarrassment right. is that? Um, so he, in the, his daughter's in the improv group, and they're like, we need a, a TV show. And he yells out, how about MASH? <laughs> and everybody's like, ha, ha, ha. And you're like, oh, now he's okay with MASH. He hated MASH when he, when he left like a Without jerk. Without a net with Wayne Rogers' daughter and Moosey Dreyer. Moosey Dreyer. And then we like almost, a fever dream. And the reason why I remember it was Tom Bergen's House of Irish Coffee because it was... I was pulling out of the parking lot, and we almost ran over Moosey Dryer. <laughs> wow. Moosey <laughs> Dryer. Vermont used to say, you pulled Moosey Dryer out of your ass. That was amazing. <laughs> How could you possibly know that? I'm like, Santa Padre will know. Well, right <laughs> around that time, I was writing for Rich Jenny on a show called Caroline's Comedy he, Hour. Well, you know I hate Rich Jenny, I but know, continue. But, but this, is, this has something to do with the odd couple. We were all out to dinner at an Italian restaurant uh, near Caroline's. The name escapes me. And sitting in the restaurant was the was the kid who was he was a kid actor. He played Edna's boyfriend on The Odd Couple. He was the kid in the pr- the prison, the kid oh, that, the uh, kid that was in the reform school. I, 
I, I don't I, know I, remember I, his it, name. Okay, it, but he's an old now. Now he's older. That you bring this up. He's twenty years older, and he's sitting in this restaurant. I at, have, um, and I recognize. I him. have footage of uh, Edna played by Pamela Ferd. Pamela we, both, we know all the names. Yeah, and this is the classic Lucy. Brady Bunch episode. Hi, Lucy. Hello, girls. Jan, we're really sorry. We didn't mean to hurt your feelings. We thought the wig had to be a joke. It's the new Jan Brady one. So pretty. We all envy it. You do. Will you come back to the party with us? That's Edna from the Outcome. Of course, funny all, that you also the voice of Lucy the and the Peanuts. You mean this one? Seated at anything in my whole life. Charlie hey. Brown, it's true. Wow. <laughs> I recognize it's like you're inside your frailties, <laughs> your weaknesses. You need me to point out your faults, Charlie Brown. It's for your own good. I wonder how Besides, old she was there. I can do it. Anyway, Wasn't I, uh, she the second Lucy, though? Because Mario Cantone recently corrected me that she was not Lucy in Charlie Brown's Christmas. She was Lucy in the Yeah, I think you're right, but this was great from a, a, your, it's a boy named Charlie Brown or something, and that right. was 69, so was but there she something was, before that? Uh, the Charlie Brown's the Christmas? Christmas is well before that. Oh, she it was, is? She okay. was not the original Lucy, which this, I was I was corrected. But this on. girl, Pamela Ferdin, I mean, you and I know, she was played, uh, and, I mean, she was in every television series yeah. ever. Yeah, And I actually... <laughs> and I know you're the only one who can understand. I, I maybe I told you this since I don't know, maybe about seven years ago. I just you know I was home. I wonder what she looks like now, you know. <laughs> like, and I'm I'm looking her up, and 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 she actually still looks pretty good. Pamela Ferdin. And I was getting like kind of turned on. I, I don't yeah. know why. I, I know it's ridiculous. I guess I was watching an old odd couple, and I'm like, uh-huh. I wonder how she grew up. And she grew up kind of kind of sexy. And so then I I emailed her. <laughs> Did and you? She wrote back. Was she? What, how did you happen to have? Wasn't it Pamela Lynn Ferdin? It wasn't Pamela. I, 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 I don't know. Pamela. Uh, stand. I might. I'm the, I, she correct me if I'm wrong. Me, but I think it's Pamela Lynn. Find me. My name is usually Pamela Lynn. For, um, I think it is. How did you find her email address? I, I don't. Because I think it was before people were stalking. Like I, I was see. that good <laughs> back in the day when when you didn't have to cover up right. and you could totally stalk sure. somebody. So maybe I mean really only about seven years ago you could have before Facebook. Not you know, to be I, confused uh, with Lisa Gerritsen, I believe, who also played uh, Edna Unger, who the, was right, the daughter of Phyllis. She was Phyllis Lindstrom's daughter oh on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Look how, can I, look how good Frank Santapadre is, for, people. For the nine people who care about I this. I know, but I do, and it's amazing. And the fact that I was stalking Pamela, for, you know, wow. Lucy, uh, who played little Lucy on the Peanuts. I mean, Can't that's, you get her on the show? That's met. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, sure. Just, I'm, I'm sure she'd love a, to do it. Like, what? I don't know. I, she now she um, does like animal rescues and stuff. Oh, is she one of these people? Good but for her. I would like to. Good I mean, for. I'd like to have her on. I good mean, for her. She's all right, you know. <laughs> A little Rodney there. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, she's okay. <laughs> I'd like to have her on. I've been doing Rodney, but I can't stop doing the guy from Fast Times. Um, hey, listen, this is some great iced tea, Stacy. Oh, that guy. I, yeah, yeah. I can't stop doing him. I just want to do him all the time. As a matter of fact. Smigel is doing a brand new show with Triumph, yeah. yep. the yep. comic. Yep. I'm trying to get on it because you know. I'm also I believe our friend, Dino. our mutual friend David Feldman, is writing on yes. that show. Yes, yes, and he's amazing. He's yes. one of my favorite the comics, best. actually. Yeah, and he writes for all the roasts and mm-hmm. stuff, and he's uh, an amazing Larry's guy. And uh, I really want to get on the show, and I, I wanted to. I emailed Smigel today, and I'm like, hey, "Come on, you should put the guy. Let me play the guy from Fast Times." So he'd be like, "Hey, Triumph. I mean, what are you doing? What are you? Are you really serious? You, let's go out and do something good, right?" I'm what happened p- to that guy? I, nothing. I don't yeah. know. I yeah. mean, he was in one episode of Will and Grace. Okay. That I saw. And he and played he, a pot dealer. The name escapes me. So I think he must have had some drug problem. Because why wouldn't that guy be ever used again? Who knows? He was brilliant. Who knows? Let's certainly let's start that rumor anyway. <laughs> I wonder if he's still alive. I mean, come on. I mean, it's unbelievable, right? I mean, Frank, do me a favor. So how many of your guests do you discuss Pamela and Ferdin with? Nobody. Am I the first? Yeah, pretty much. Doesn't You don't veer seamlessly from sports to Pamela and Ferdin? No, I do. Actually, I was going to talk about sports right now, actually, that you mentioned it. Whatever you want, I mean, first of all, well, I'll get to that in the TV section, but I did want to talk about sports for a minute because, actually, I wanted to talk about the... uh, I'm looking through paper. The show is, is about sports and comedy. That's right. I see. It's about, it's about sports and television. I see. And, a little uh, bit of everything. I don't know whether you heard, but the Jets played the Steelers last I week. I saw the game. Now, I know you don't know that much about football, but now for some reason you're a Rams, St. Louis Rams. Well, you were an L.A. Rams fan. I was fan, an L.A. Rams fan when I was a kid, yeah. And then How did you become see- that? Uh, it's the silliest reason because when you're a kid and you don't know anything about football, you, you fall in love with things like the color of the uniforms. 
I, and they had they had wonderful day glow blue and yellow uniforms that I loved in the seventies. And uh, I needed a team that wasn't my dad's team, you know, to rebel. Who was your dad's team? The Giants. Needed a team of well, my I've own. I've never heard of those, but um, yeah. I uh, and I've been following the Rams ever since. In good and bad, mostly bad. It's funny that you say that because in nineteen seventy two, mm. I was a huge Miami Dolphins fan because they had won the Super Bowl. Right, and their colors were amazing. The you teal. know, the turquoise. Oh, right, sure, right. sure. And uh, I had every bit of clothing I had was dolphins, pants, vests, sweatshirts, sneakers, socks. I can remember the outfit. And I, I, I mean, I guess people made fun of me in school, but uh, <laughs> I don't think it's that unusual. You can't really make fun of somebody if they're the world champs. But it's funny that I really didn't. I think I just left that phase, and then. I think the Steelers stayed, had fans stayed with the Dolphins. because of black and gold, and the Packers have fans because of the, the green well, and gold. Plus, you win Super Bowls, you get fans that yeah. way, too, when no, you're the, a kid. The Rams were a good team in the 70s. I remember the Dolphins in 73. I, was it 73? I think they ran the, the whole, you know, they, they were I think undefeated. it was 72 was the undefeated 72 was the undefeated. Team. Yeah. Didn't they Four, win two years in a row? 14-0, and 0, and then there were only, in those days, there were only uh, two playoff games and then a Super Bowl. So I think it was 17-0. Really yeah, it was, right. Um, yeah, that if was, I'm not mistaken. You're not, but uh, anyway, I was reading in the uh, in the paper. I don't know whether you heard this, but the Steelers. First of all, you know, I like to talk about this place. This show is called the Sprite. I talk about gambling. Mm-hmm. The line on the Steelers Jets game was four. Now the Steelers were playing unbelievable offense. Roethlisberger had thrown twelve touchdowns in yeah. two games the week before they met up with the very dangerous Jets. Why were they only favored <laughs> by four? Exactly. Suspicious. They are favored by four because. Uh, the guy, you know, Ace Rothstein from Casino <laughs> said he knew something. And those are the kind of things, as a as a person that's worked for the bookie myself because right. I've been in trouble, Right, uh, you're supposed to see. If they're, Not if the, the Rothstein that fixed the, uh, the, the 1919 World Series. No, no, totally no. There, yeah. uh, right, right. Yeah. No, that's the one from, yeah. uh, that Hyman Roth mentions as that's the right. Rothstein that's the from Black the Godfather 2. Correct. Right? I like a country where you can watch a football game in the afternoon. There's, I heard you had a little trouble. <laughs> Fighting with guns. On this show, we, we go from the Rams uniforms <laughs> to Lee Strasberg with no segue. I mean, that's such a funny line. Dude, just say, I like this country. Watch a, a sports sporting event in the afternoon. He's been dying of the same heart attack for 40 20 years. years. Or was it 40 years mm-hmm. or 20 years? Close enough. Well, anyway, apparently, uh, Pittsburgh, for some reason, they were in that prayer circle that they do uh-huh. with Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. Now, that, if that's that, not bad luck, they're saying they're not blaming him. <laughs> but uh, you know they I, say they're, they're, I was not aware they're refusing of that. to assign any blame on Bieber. But I'm pretty sure that'll be the last time. Wow. He uh, <laughs> maybe ben if this just, guy could just get the worst publicity of all. Their time. receivers weren't having a good day. They weren't running the right routes, and Roethlisberger was frustrated. And it just was I a, it just was a bad Justin day Bieber. at the office. Justin Bieber is friends with this pastor called Carl Lentz or something, and. He, he's so into religion that he bought his Xbox to uh, a birthday bash for the pastor so he could play and didn't have to pay attention to anybody. This guy is a major tool, and everyone knows it. Bieber, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Bieber. So you think Bieber put a hex on the, on the steel curtain, on the, uh, on no, the Steelers? No, I think he's just uh, bad luck. I see. You're unlucky. You know, like uh, Mo, Mo Green. Yep. <laughs> Alex Paracco, I, I was just listening to as Roger J. Myers in a wonderful Simpsons episode. Oh, yeah. Right. He's the head of the, the cartoon studio. The head of Itchy and Scratchy, yeah, right? Wonderful. Are you happy, kid? You just killed Itchy and Scratchy. I love him. Right. What a, sing the Harvard song, oh, right? <laughs> and, he, and he was in that wonderful John Cryer sitcom called The Fat. Was it oh, called The Famous uh, Teddy Z? Yeah. Something, something like that. Legendary. That's when me and Danny Vermont were writing for Comedy Central. They had a thing called the Think Tank. Oh yeah, where they were just. I did that. Yo, you did it too. I think yeah, you did it together maybe once. No, when I did it, nobody else showed up. Oh. I was supposed to be in there with Attell and Jeff Stilson oh, and some that's other so people. Funny. And I was me the only Danny person that showed it, up. And I was with somebody else too, maybe Sam Cedar. That was a nightmare. Um, and yeah, they, Comedy Central would make us like write promos for uh-huh. them and a bunch of other well, stuff. In the, in the old days, they when pay they us had, like five hundred bucks, but they had Mystery Science Theater in those days. They the, the, that's that's the days when they didn't have a lot of original programming. Right, it right. was all reruns. So we they were just getting the famous Teddy Z, or we requested it, and we watched all the episodes. And it's so it was like a legendary show because Such a smart the show. people in the business loved it, but the people who didn't weren't in the business, right. couldn't stand it. What? And they said that people would go to see a taping of the show just to see Alex Rocco's performance Love as Alec. the agent. He's never been bad in anything. And there's that the one episode that I remember, which was so interesting, based on the true story of uh, the, what is it, the, the Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Do you know what I'm talking about? That legendary story 
of where what when Capra the, got the, somebody somebody in the television business or movie business sent uh, the screenplay of Mr. Smith goes to Washington with the characters renamed. And uh, they said, this will never work. I don't know that story. Oh, it's, it's a like great this, story. Yeah, it's a great so <clears throat> This writer to prove that Hollywood bigwigs don't know anything that what they're doing. They, uh, or, or maybe, I, I, mean, I know it's based on a true story, but they did it in the famous Teddy Z or whatever. And so Alex Rocco's character goes, this is horrible, but I think I can fix it up. How about a car chase through the Rose Garden? You know, like some, and he's he's completely, you know, he's just given all these suggestions where, of course, Teddy, you know, John Cryer's right. like, this is wonderful. This is moving. Like, he gets it, you know, and that's the gag. So then the next day, it turns out that the script guy was a writer for the Washington Post, and he's like, to pr- or the LA Times, and he, to prove that, you know, agents don't know anything. They wouldn't know a green, good screenplay for some love, you know. So Alex Rocco was so embarrassed. He, the next scene, he's got all the shades down, and he's like so humiliated because, like, you know, they come in like, a car chase through the Rose Garden, you know. Yeah, the jokes the jokes were pretty inside baseball right. on, on that, that show. The what problem. was it? Maybe not even a season. I, don't I think it was think. like eight episodes. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was, ahead, it was of interesting. Its, ahead of its time in a way. Just like uh, Two and a Half Men. It's the exact same thing. That Just John like Curry. it. Oh. Do you know that they're getting married this year on the show, him and Ashton Kutcher? I, I, I don't, I That's can, the gag? I, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Two and Good a Half for Men. You. I would if Alex Rocco turned up on it. I would watch Alex Rocco do anything. Oh, you know what? Oh, we'll talk. Should right, have we'll him talk. on my show, actually. Let me just get through uh, this one thing with the uh, football for yeah. a second. Just, um, I just want to say because what we um, every week I uh, do a tease, which is uh, each team gets uh, ten extra points to play with, and if you get them all right, then you win money. So you know how you have a spread, like I said, sure. the Steelers were minus four points. Well, in my thing, they would be plus six points. You can pull the 10 points any way you want. And last week I spelled out our guest's name, Victoria, uh, which is an eight-team tease. And I got three wrong. I didn't do very well. Uh, that Notre Dame game killed me. I spell out the name. Let me show, uh, for, you, And you, you can see all this on You play Dave the Just college games too? You don't yeah. just play the pro game? You can see the information at DaveJustGotBlogspot.com and you can see everything. This week I spelled out the name Felix uh-huh. for the odd couple. Which, by the way, we we were supposed to do a big odd couple reading today, uh, but we're going to make it bigger. And Frank's suggestion, it was getting too big. We were going to have Frank's host of his show, Gilbert Gottfried, play Felix, Mm -hmm. and Artie Lang play Oscar, and John McEnroe play Bobby Riggs, which is an old tennis star from the 70s who was in this legendary odd couple episode. So we're moving it. And right now I have it scheduled for December 9th at the Village Underground. But I'm waiting to see if McEnroe can make it that day. This is the Village Underground, which is the related to the Comedy Cellar. It's a great idea. And that is the plan as of now. Uh, but all that can change. I might change it to the 15th or... Well, let's hope John can see. do it. Yeah, because that'll be legendary. So anyway, I spelt out um, Felix today. And this is the way I do it. I take the Air Force Falcons. It's with the first letter of the name, the Falcons. And uh, I get them plus eight and a half over Nevada. For the E, I just used East Lansing, Michigan. Because the E is very difficult. Most of the teams, you can only work with the Eagles. And Uh I was sick of it. So I use uh, Michigan State to bounce back from a horrible loss. Minus two and a half against Cincinnati. And then I sometimes like to go for the comedy. So for the L in Felix, I use the Louisiana Lafayette University, whose name is the Ragin' Cajuns. I use them every week. I love them. They won last week for me. They're plus two and a half. I don't follow the college game. Why would you? Good for you. And then the uh, Fighting Illinois, which is the Illinois right. University team. I, I'll, I'll, I can never pronounce it correctly. I say it wrong all the time when I know people get mad at me that I have them plus 15 and a half. And to, for the X, because there are no teams with X unless you're basketball, you can use Xavier. Um, or Xavier, would it yeah. be? Yes. Yeah, I would think the X was silent. Right. I just uh, put my own name in just for comedy purposes. I picked the South Carolina Gamecocks. Ah, you know, so uh, <laughs> just so you could say Gamecocks, uh, duh. Uh-huh. <laughs> plus sixteen and a half. That's this week's. Now, just to get to the unfinished business, <laughs> can you win any money betting on football? Well, that's the thing. I've been winning money this season. You have Stand Up New York, where we do the show, gave me a thousand dollars to bet on for the year. I am up uh, right now for this week. I am up two thousand one hundred twenty-three. Well, that's pretty impressive. So I've been doing okay. But now last, the, the way I've been winning is I bet $500 every week on this uh, friend of the show's. Her name is Irene Bremis. She's a comedian, but she also has a pendulum that makes magical picks. Really? Yeah, you heard me correctly. 
<laughs> I heard the pendulum pick the Chiefs this week. That's the scuttlebutt. That back. is uh-huh. what you just kind of blew the whole set up. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. You well, will. it doesn't matter because the thing is, I usually make a big buildup, but we lost last week. I see. She went 7-0, and then lost one week, but she was in a bad place. So I let it go. Picked two games. She won and lost one, so we tied that week, and then she won the Patriots two weeks ago. So we were back on track, but last week she completely lost the Bills. And that was the pick, but at the last minute... They were right there, but at the last minute, the Chiefs scored. You have to cover the, the spread, right? You can't. No, you, you we're don't just, pick, just you just but do a the pick spread em. was one and a half, and they oh. were underdogs. So, so you just matter. do a straight pick them. She's covered every spread we've had. What about suicide pools? Have you done that? Will you pick one? Oh you, yes, I have. You pick a team crazy. at the beginning of I the can't season. Have it. I, I see. Oh, b- wait, you can only I, have we, that team one time. Yes, yes. No, yeah. I can't. Uh, it, can, it drives me crazy. I see. I can't handle it. It's like there's just too many. It's too much pressure when you get. You know, I've I've never gotten past week five. I see. But You're the anyway, only guy yeah. I know that wins money on football. Dude. Well, so usually I'm, I haven't, which is why I'm, um, you know, my doing hats this. off to you. That's why I'm doing this podcast and not Mark Maron's. I see. Because uh, <laughs> I'm saying that's why I'm not Mark Maron because of my gambling losses over ah, the years. Ah, it's all coming into focus. Anyway, we're giving her one more chance. She said she buried the pendulum in the backyard. She scolded the pendulum. She calls her she. The pendulum is a she. It was very angry. And the pendulum. Maybe she was angry at her because she went away. I don't know what the problem is. We'll give her one more chance. Otherwise, this is nonsense. We'll give her a chance to win the money back this week. She is picking the Chiefs okay. over the Seahawks. Okay. But, but again, no, no spread. So it's well, just a straight-up pick. Is, the line is one, okay. one and a half. Why so. not pick a sure thing like Denver over the Rams? Uh, I like to pick the lower. Oh, you mean like and see if she can win the spread? You, uh, you don't even have to involve the spread, but if you're just picking well, teams. Well, but that's not fair. We, we've played by the spread. That's uh, the only way to win. That's uh, the only okay. way to play. It's I the only it. fun. You know. I got it. That's the name of the show. Frank, please, come on. <laughs> anyway, so that's the uh, pendulum pick for today. Let's, uh, you okay, know, before back, we go back to Pamela and Ferdin. Well, actually, I wanted to talk well, about you. By for the w- by the way, was a, was a, uh, a strong side linebacker in college. Not not many people. Pamela Ferdin. I was just trying to tie. The oh t- my god, that's I, hilarious. just trying to tie the top. No, I was together. like, geez, that's. I don't know if that's hot or. You can edit that part out. I don't edit anything. Ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, the thing about Frank also, which makes him even extra interesting, he is truly a journeyman, and I only use that with you and the porn star Tom Byron. Wow. And, uh, I've never <laughs> been in such exclusive company. Well, uh, me and my, my friend Lawrence that used, tremendously to, flattered. that used to know, uh, when I had the Playboy channel for all those years, they would show what was coming up, and they're like, and the journeyman Tom Byron. <laughs> so we always the, called journeyman, him the journeyman Tom, Tom Byron. Byron. Like, like he's Minnie Minoso, like he was a, but, a, a fourth um, outfielder. Frank, before, you know, we, no, actually, I guess after we met, well, during, you, you've had some interesting jobs. You've written for Mad Magazine. Still do. Which is unbelievable. Yeah, my favorite. Going I, on their 60th I, year. Sometimes I only want to get to the next level of, uh, you know, fame or startup just so I can be in Mad Magazine. I mean, it's like a dream <laughs> for any man our age to be depicted. It's, and it's a complete rite of passage, right? I had the honor of being uh, featured in their coffee table book. Uh, they did a uh, Sergio Aragonis, the famous Sergio <gasps> right, Aragonis. legendary. Who's known, uh, you, yeah, Mad readers would probably know him best as the guy that draws the little cartoons. Spy along versus the, Spy, right? No. no, that's Antonio. Oh, he draws the little ones on the... He draws uh, the little uh, marginal, right, the the margins, marginal right. drawings. And uh, they did a, for the for one of the Mad Anniversary books, they did uh, a big fold-out, uh, four or five-page fold-out of every major contributor to the magazine over 50 years. Don Martin and Drucker and Al Jaffe and Dick DiBartolo and all those big names. And I was featured, I was oh included in there, which is probably the uh, one of the biggest... Uh, on, it's honors one of, those of my things. career. It, it is one of the. It, you're not even being ironic. I mean, that's the no, thing. No, it's, like, it's for pop culture. Yeah. Uh, but but girls wouldn't like understand. Myself. You know, every dude our age completely understands that that is the greatest thing. But like, if you're talking to, it was a big thing at you one know, time. Twenty year old kid. Yeah. They're probably well, just like those oh, are, that's, uh, that really dem- great, man. That your demo? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but it was it was a thrill. But what Frank also used to do is when we were kids, they used to have wacky packages, <laughs> and used to write some of the wacky packages. Well, I didn't write them when we were kids. But no, no, no. Yeah. I know. But later on, you you did. I actually bought some of the ones you did. If you could tell me, maybe if you recognize wow, this is, this is scary. any of the ones you wrote. He's handing, just, he's what handing wacky me packages a pic- were. Yeah, I'm just handing you some of the ones from this the '91 is, section. Yeah, these are these are mine. So instead of crest toothpaste, they'd call it crust toothpaste, and it was hilarious. Well, in the 60s... You know, this is the, well, this it, was 73 that I think yeah, I they had them. I think they started them in the er, in the late 60s right. to early 70s. But I remember them from then, and I have a whole bunch of pictures of them here that I, that take me back. I totally remember, um, 
You know, uh, my favorite, actually, and this is just stupid, instead of 7-Up, they have 6-Up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How did they ever think of that? I know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Quacker Oats. <laughs> right. A little duck on the right. uh, Those thing. are the old, old ones. Yeah, these are the old ones that yeah. I remember as a yeah. kid. Skimpy peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, skimpy, sure. Cookade. Right. You know, I mean, Jell-O right. instead of Jell-O. Right. That's right. I mean, this there was, was chock full of nuts and bolts. Was oh, a, yeah, was right, a right, famous right. I have that right was, here. That was yeah. a famous one. Uh, horrid uh, air spray instead of arid. Yeah. You know, like well, if you're our if, minute lice, if you're sure, <laughs> if you're of our generation, they were stickers. Yeah. Uh, they weren't actually cards. They were stickers, peel off stickers. And if you were of our generation, you know, they were on your wall or your or your right. Or your right. But they must be making your, them now. I have something. They're I looked still it doing up them because I see Grand Theft Audio Nice Diddy. I don't. I mean, I if they're doing no that, idea then what I don't. That is. I'm just saying. They, I haven't done my them. little phony. I haven't done them pony, in 15 they, years. They've went a different direction, but they still have Kodak. Film. Kodak. <laughs> I did them because I went to art school. I so, went I went to the School oh, of Visual did? Arts and I was gonna be an illustrator like my dad before I, I got I made this this terrible detour into comedy. But oh, that's uh, fascinating. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I wanted to be an illustrator and I, I used to sit in on classes there and I got I fell in with a group of cartoonists. Two guys How particular. Do you fall in with a group of uh, ah, badass They were badass. <laughs> bad bad seeds. Uh, Drew, Drew Friedman, who's a friend to, the, to this day and was a guest on, on, uh, on the Gilbert podcast, and uh, a guy named Mark Newgarden, an, who was an underground cartoonist who co-created Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, right. And we and were, you worked on that. Yeah, and Paul have. Parducci and Russ Riley, oh, right, and, and bring that, na group. that name back again. Russ actually invited me to come to Tops, and these days it was in a little factory in Red Hook in Brooklyn. I mean, it was a place... Yeah, I remember he used to... Yeah, he used to them. go there, and you'd get a day rate if you were a freelancer. You were basically a gag writer. No, no, writer. wait, wait. Russ used to write, not for... Russ he, wrote a bunch of things yeah, for Yeah, but for he tops. wrote something. Oh, he wrote Bazooka Joe Comics! Yeah, so did I. Oh, you did too? Sure, sure. Oh, my God. It was our, amazing, It right? was our first job out of college. Oh. It was our first humor writing well, job. Well, I remember I had a long conversation with Russ about the, the history of Bazooka Joe, and he goes, well, Mort's... When Mort first, and Mort was the, the kid who had the turtleneck sure. up to his thing, he, said, he knew all the characters. Sure. Said, well, Bazooka Joe didn't get the eye patch until late, you know. Like, and I was like, it was, it was completely it riveted. It was a Moshe Diane <laughs> whole thing it was with based Bazooka on Moshe Joe. Diane. Uh, we, we were in college, we were in art school, and, and uh, they would invite us over to the factory in Brooklyn, and you'd get a day rate. I think you'd get $100 or $200 for the day, and you'd go over there, and they'd give you lunch. And there was an old cafeteria with ladies in hair nets. I mean, it was, it was a place right out of the 1950s. It hadn't been updated, it hadn't changed. I'm pretty sure there was asbestos all over the place. Wow. And you'd sit there and you'd basically do whatever they threw at you. I wrote the backs, uh, wrote and edited the backs of uh, baseball cards too. Oh, that's amazing. I did wrote you, on did, series. Did you that, recognize any of those names that you might have uh, come up with? Or did, did you do the artwork or did you just come I up would, with the no, names? No, I would do what, the, I would just do a comp. I would just do, uh, I, 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 I mean, I'm just like, I gave Frank a sheet of paper with some of the names from the series where he was working with her, just to see if you recognize any of the ones like you came up with. This was the series right before I got there. Oh. <laughs> so I would <laughs> have been the, the next one. series. But, but my buddies worked on these. What's one that you came up with? Just out of, Do you remember? Uh, I mean, I know it's like... There was no. a parody of uh, The Little Mermaid on uh, VHS in those days. And I just did a thing called The Little Barmaid. And oh, she was just, she was just a little mermaid at a, at a bar. Is it on the sheet? I don't, that one never came out because of Disney's litigiousness. Oh, right, of but, course. Uh, there was another the one called Scam, which was a parody of Spam. I did Peter Pan Handle, which was a Peter Pan peanut butter. They were silly. But then they did Spam twice because... Uh, there was a lot of Spam. Yeah, I remember, right. There were a lot I of Spam uh, parodies. That one writes they itself. They were simple. You know, you couldn't be so insanely clever about it that kids wouldn't get the joke. Right, right, right. And, uh, the, the, you know, the fun was in the concept. Well, let me see the ones you have there. There might be some... Some of those might be mine. We need a visual uh, It was legendary, element. though. But I remember as a kid, they were, like, my favorite things. But I'm um, uh, trying to remember... Uh, no, these are the, these are the old old ones now. These yeah. are with Fink and Kuke. These are going back to <laughs> these are going back to the sixties and the seventies. Well, I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you. Uh, you have a Facebook page for the podcast? No, no. Oh, should I? I think you should. <laughs> I was going to say I'll send you. I'll post right. some of the ones that I did. If you Google um, my name and I don't know packs, what this. You could um, find them. I don't know what this Facebook thing is you're talking about, but it yeah. sounds like a fun time. Okay, I, we're switching. We're switching over to the TV portion of the show. <laughs> Show's a little schizophrenic. Do you love the uh, theme song? I do. Hey, Hank's back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he just left during the Wacky Packages segment. Can you blame him? All right, let's take a look at... This is... Um, okay, uh, let me I, just give you... I a did a lot of things for Tops, too, that never came out. We're not talking about that anymore. Oh, okay. We're moving on. All right. You know, I saw you do that for Bill Parsky. I mean, can... <laughs> it's a different I, kind of I show. I was listening to uh, Frank and... and uh, 
Gilbert's podcast on the way here, and it's really good because I heard it before, and that's how I actually Gilbert got back Gottfried's amazing with. colossal podcast, yeah, which you can very, get on, very good. on iTunes or SoundCloud. And I heard the one with uh, just walking up here with Bill Persky because mm-hmm. I worked with Bill Persky. Mm-hmm. Bill Persky is a legend, <laughs> he sure is an absolute legend. I mean, a real, a real deal legend of television comedy. He wrote the Dick Van Dyke Show. He created that girl. He uh, lots produced of luck. And directed with Dom uh, DeLuise. He created and uh, and Kate Nally was his Kate show. Nally. And Did he do the Carl Reiner one? Uh, the the the. The Heaven one, or or was that the Lots of Luck one? No, Lots of Luck was sort of a honeymooners uh, kind well, of thing. Well, he did so many, a, so many and, shows, and, he, and so many stories, and, and you specials. know, some of them are a little every. So we did a cooking show together, as you know. Uh, I'm telling my audience, we I was on I was on the Food Network when it first started. I had a show called uh, uh, Cooks Like Us, I think it was called. That's what we named it after Spies Like Us. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, you and Bill Persky, me and Bill Persky, and it was like it was great, but he was a little old for what we were doing you know i was like in my early 30s mm-hmm. and he was already 70 something and so everything he would tell me to do i would listen because my mother told me like listen you listen to everything he's telling you to do so everything he came up with he's like write that down i'm a genius write it that's great and so he'd that be sounds like, like billy wait 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 i just thought of the greatest idea i thought of the greatest idea uh how to talk to your mother on the phone while you're chopping broccoli write that down so we did it and we put that in and uh it wasn't very good and it's very boring, but my parents thought it was the greatest thing they'd ever seen. So he, he, he still speaks well of you. I, I brought you up over oh, the no, years. No, no, no. I absolutely yeah. worshipped him yeah. because he would tell us the stories of. Yeah. He's like, so he's NBC a, comes up to us. He's a great. You know, he had all those kind of stories. Sure. Like, they said, "We need a show on Sunday nights at eight o'clock. Sunday nights at eight o'clock, <laughs> we need a show." So I came up with this unbelievable show called Sunday Dinner. Uh-huh. Sunday Dinner. With, where the family comes back from church and they sit down and they eat and they talk about the week and their lives and it's called Sunday Dinner. It's going to air Sunday nights at 8 o'clock. NBC puts it on Tuesdays at 9.30. It's my fault that goes <laughs> off the... Those were the stories I got, which were sure, excellent. Yeah. Sure, the Montefusco's was one of his famous... <laughs> oh, right. ...was one I of his famous failures, which is... Uh, you, could, you could look at shows up. I mean, this kind of stuff is up. my dream come true. Of, yeah, but he also you know, he, for me. He, he made a great movie called Serial with Martin, uh, Martin Mull and, and Tuesday Well. And that's another one he tells about, yeah. Because yeah. I remember that as a kid growing up, and it was kind of... It's, it's not the greatest, but it, I remember it as a kid because it well, was a, a little... it's a fun satire savvy. of L.A. in the 70s. Right, right, with Martin Mull. Martin Mull and Tommy Smothers. me. But it didn't do very well in the theater, right? He told me it wasn't his fault because... <laughs> and that's how every story went with me. I don't know. You, mean, you didn't get the same one. But that's why I'm like, of course I bonded with him because that's everything of my story. <laughs> you know, like, it's my fault the Food Network show didn't like my show. <laughs> so with Serial, he said, we had this un- unbelievable opening song. It explained the entire picture. The opening song was the key. That was the key to the motion picture. The studio changed the opening song. The thing failed. It's my fault. That's it. Every story That's was great. like that. Yeah, That's great. Read his book, by the way. It's no. fun. My <laughs> Life is a Situation Comedy. No, he, he was great, and he was fun to work with, and it was very exciting, and he even told me, I, one time I reminded him of Dick Van Dyke. It couldn't have been... I almost really? Started to cry. Not Jerry Van Dyke. Oh, you know what? It was Jerry. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, it was Dick Van Dyke, and it was very, very exciting for me. And What um, a compliment. Yeah, yeah. That was a huge compliment. It was very Yeah, he very was great. a guest on the show, and... Uh, our show's about old show business. It's about our yeah. Gilbert's obsession with old show business and mine. And so our guests are... People, I have that too, but you guys go deep inside the rabbit hole. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah, we I do. Know. We, we just did Frank, uh, interviewed Frankie Avalon and uh, Mickey Dolenz this coming week. And it's, uh, it's, it's you know, it's a thrill for me to be sitting oh down with the people, the people that I loved as a kid. I saw an old episode. I was, you know, sometimes I stroll through these the things to get these clips. So an old episode of Love American Style, uh-huh. which was uh, the Love Boat before there was the Love Boat, if you even remember the Love Boat. And it was always special guest stars. I saw one with Davy Jones and Karen Valentine. Ah, sure. She's still around. Is she? I yeah. was looking her up. I was yeah. going to pull a Pamela oh, Ferdinand. We'd like, love What's to happening? Get, we'd you love know? to get her for the show. Yeah, this, this was a girl who was kind of the it girl in the late 60s, early 70s. It you know, was on every guest star show, also had her own show called Room 222 and a couple other things. And then you know it was never heard from again. Um, well, she did a she did a couple of things. Yeah, she did a lot of stuff. Yeah, but a back lot then, of TV she was movies. Cutie, I was there's a love American stuff. She's so cute. And the gag is that Davy Jones is going to elope, but he ends up. You know, I don't even know if anybody knows it. When you elope back in television in the 60s, 70s, you <laughs> use a ladder. 
and you climb up to the girls, you know. What are we in the year 2092? <laughs> I know, I'm just saying, explaining I don't know everything if that never existed before. I, does anybody do that when you're eloping? You I get a ladder? People, I think people, no, no. That's what I'm saying. So he goes into the wrong house. He gets uh, the house wrong and, and he, you know, goes into Karen Valentine's house and she and she doesn't call the cop. Now, you could never do this episode today. She would have definitely called the cops. But, well, Happy um, Days was spun off from a, I know, from it's a fascinating, love, love yeah. American style. Yeah, him and, uh, uh, Pot- I think that was vignette. the same episode, and that's why I saw it. Love and the Happy Days. Yeah, which, very which, fascinating. Which spun off into a... It's funny I, that Gary Marshall had to do that to sell his show. He's like, I want to do a pilot. Can you do it? Like, they wouldn't listen to him. You well, know, now I he's think so they reject... If, if, the, if I have the story correct, and we're, we're chasing Gary Marshall... Well, we're talking to Henry Winkler on Monday, so I'll ask him. But uh, I, if I have the story correct, I think that... Uh, uh, the network turned it down until they saw the success of American Graffiti, and then, oh, s- right. and then said, so "What was sense. that? Uh, what was that uh, pilot you had so about th- that the that pilot 1950s? came out before American Graffiti? I believe the Love Amer- He was trying to sell it off the Love American style. Yeah, interesting. Uh, but it's interesting now when you think about it that Gary Marshall had to go through those kind of channels." When you know now that he was such a huge television institution, and a guy who worked with Persky on the original Van Dyke show. So there you oh, go. Oh right, right. Yeah, he worked yeah. on the original. Yeah. Right. Well, that's because uh, Jerry Paris, then from who played Dick Van Dyke's neighbor, Correct. was directing all those shows, Happy Days, Correct, and uh, all that. They worked together for years. Yeah, after that. Marshall yeah. and Belson. Uh, Steve, uh, Gary Marshall's partner was Jerry Belson, who wrote and directed uh, the. So anyway, the what end. I was going to say is that um, we make fun of Mulaney on the show on a weekly basis. Uh-huh. Uh Now every comic I've had in is very polite. They don't want to make fun of John Mulaney. Uh, so you don't have to say anything. Now, I don't know him, uh, but to me, he's a, a horrible comic and uh, has a horrible TV show. But I've heard he's a very nice guy. I've and heard he's a nice guy. It's probably that his... Uh, well, here, here's some of his comedy. A lot of guys my age say, every day I think I'm becoming more like my dad. I think I'm becoming more like my mom. A few years ago, I was watching that show, Access Hollywood, and one of the reporters said, up next, Sandra Bullock's former husband tells his side of the story. And out loud, I went, ugh, this ought to be good. This is on a television, this is on his television show. I'm not taking it from his... I was dating a girl a few years... You know, I'm not taking it from his stand-up. This is on TV. I got you. It's like when Seinfeld does his thing, it's, you know, it's really... It looks a lot... I watched one episode, and it looked a little bit derivative of Seinfeld. Oh, no, no, it's... They make fun that it's it's clearly a rip off. Right, which there was is fine. An, there it's wasn't just, even a joke. There was even a joke. Yeah, about there was it. a joke. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's it's just it's just really bad, and it just makes you angry because um, you know it's 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 Lord Michaels, okay, and you get this Melania get, but this uh, the not uh, Nasha Pedron, I can never pronounce her name. She's on. She's very talented. Martin Short, okay, they're wasting his the hilarious. Elliot Martin Gould Short. is in it. Right, that's right. Last Great week they cast. had Penny Marshall and Lorraine Bracco in it. They get these big stars because it's Lorne Michaels infused, and Martin Short is in it. Right. But they are wasting the talents, and it's driving me insane. Here is some of their. Is this your segue into the odd couple? Yes. Appreciate. I say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm so trying long, to segue into. It's a long ramp. It. <laughs> It is, but what I'm trying to segue into I'm is with that you, brother. There, here's a show that you and I like, okay. that we worship, and uh, we're doing it on November 13th. Felix Hunger was asked to leave his place of residence, so it opens. I think it's technically asked to remove himself from okay, his place sorry, of residence. sorry, whatever. Look at this guy being all... Uh, <laughs> um, but this, you know, it's just, that was a show from 40 years ago, and they haven't gotten better. You know, and, and here's a, you know, a hip comic, technically, and, you know, why isn't this show better? Here's some of the uh, dialogue. Hey, 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 what you doing? This girl's been uh, taking birth control pills and they're affecting her. Why are you dressed like Andre? What do you mean? I'm always hot and cold. So I got the t-shirt, right? To keep my belly cool? But then the knit cap, right? In case my noodle gets cold. (laughs) And the cardigan? Uh, he just comes and goes, Oh my God, I'm Andre. Oh my God. Hey, 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 check the warning label. See what the symptoms are. Jazapram may cause sweating, unmanageable hair, and annoying voice and cartoonishness. Some patients have experienced haplessness and or an inability to know when to leave the room. Oh my God. Oh, you better get off those pills before you get cast in the next Muppet movie. Frank, your thoughts. I'm just thinking about how old and out of touch we sound for obsessing about old 70s television shows. I understand. I, I know what you're saying, and I, you know I feel the, that way, too. What the young kids But like. I also played other shows. I played, um, I think, I, you know, I was playing Seinfeld. That's not that. I mean, it is old now, but it's still great, you know, and you hear the difference. But I've also played some other shows like um, 
There's shows that I like that are on now. I, sure. I keep talking about the show A to Z, which I thought was very good. It's getting canceled, but I thought that was I well it's done. Just, it's hard. I think it's hard to say why a show fails. I think you could do it. In, in but sev- I like younger shows, shows too, about it. Well, I'm just saying this, but this is taped in front of a live audience, and mm-hmm. they're clearly not sweetening it, which is actually almost refreshing in a way. But who knows why it's not working or why it's like, not gelling? Now let's. I'm just going to play some of the. Uh, it was a bad sign when NBC passed on it and it went and it wound up at Fox. Oh, I, was that what happened? I think. Oh, that would make sense since Lauren Michaels. Yeah, has I think. Deal. I think so. And uh, so uh, who knows what what the problem this is? is it um, seems unfair to single out one show when there's so many sitcoms. Oh, but it's, that, this is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I'm really enjoying myself. Um, it's just it's one of those things where I knew it was going to be bad and I knew it was going to be canceled. So I just kind of hopped on. At first, I was in the mysteries of Laura. I was all in that, but then that show got boring. So, um, and they gave it a full season order, which uh, shocked the hell out of me because I don't think they have anything else. I wrote an article for the Huffington Post where I said NBC's all of NBC shows are just okay. They don't seem to care because they're number one because they have Sunday Night Football and they have The Voice, and those two are kicking so much ass. They apparently don't care about anything else, but. Uh, here's a legendary scene from uh, The Odd Couple where they're the password one. Ah. And uh, I don't know. This is, I mean, this is really great setup. It's great writing. You know. You have the word, and as they look at it, we'd like you to see it. The password is bird. <laughs> All right, Felix, you have the option this time. Pass or play? I'll play, Alan. I love when he keeps saying, I'll play, Alan. <laughs> Aristophanes. <laughs> Greek. Nine points, Millicent. Remember, they're playing with Betty White. Sure. <laughs> A young Betty White. But was she even young then? <laughs> Bird. You got it! And so the score of 17 to nothing because of these messages. Aristophanes. There's a perfect clue. Everybody knows Aristophanes wrote a play called The Birds. Everybody but me. Will you stop being so perfect, Felix? Will you stop it? Now we're losing here. Now come on, let's go to get together. Why do you think I'm giving you these great clues? <laughs> Pulls great off the tie. <laughs> if Charlie Chan had these clues, he'd be running a laundry. <laughs> now we're losing 17 to nothing. I always win it. Oh, don't I fix your time? Leave it alone. Put it He's trying to fix his tie. Yeah, right takes while the, the, the clip off tie. See, they stay in character. Felix, we don't listen to me. We're going to lose this entire game. Now we're being queen. Now, this is important. I want you to give me good clues. I'll give the work this, okay? I'm glad you got the spirit because we're going to win, win, win. Yes, now listen. No more Greek clues. Aristophanes is ridiculous. Stand by. (laughs) Okay, back to the game. And the word goes to Oscar Madison, Betty White with a score of 17 to nothing. This is the word. The password is ridiculous. All right. Oscar, you have the option. Pass or play? I'm going to play, Alan. It's great. Aristophanes. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> you got it. It's a great clip. And it's a great setup, right? It's a different show. It's a different format. They take the time to set up a gag. I mean, it's like three, three minutes to set up no, it's true, but one I mean, joke. Uh, it's a different animal. All right, how about this one then? I have uh, a one, and this is just uh, this line. I mean, this is a really, really funny line, and I'll explain. You know it. But here, he was the only American soldier during World War II to receive a medal from... All right, sorry. This is Oscar on the <laughs> David Steinberg Show. You're one of your guests. One of our podcasts. Right. Guests, yeah. um, talking about Felix on TV while Felix is watching him. Let me just start it over again. He was the only American soldier during World War II to receive a medal from the German army. <laughs> From the German army. Yeah, he was a prisoner of war, and the Nazis voted his camp the most hygienic. <laughs> He's quite great now. Lies. I never accepted that medal. I threw it back in their faces. <laughs> See, that is great writing because he's Oscar's saying this ridiculous thing, which it, clearly it's made up. But then when you find out that it's actually true, and he lies, I never accepted that medal. I threw it back in their faces. That, to me, is one of the funniest lines I've ever heard, which propelled me to actually do this particular episode live in front of a, a, an you, audience off-Broadway. You sure did. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, yeah, you With were there. Sarah Silverman in the role Sarah of David Silverman Steinberg. Sarah Silverman played David Steinberg, which is hilarious yeah, in itself. Which I brought up to David. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, and, and, and Sarah had brought it up to him previously. Well, of so course, in my favorite yeah. thing where... Um, David Steinberg had a Showtime show, and he was interviewing comics, he interviewed Sarah, and then he's like, do I understand you played me in a show 
that you did hear, you know, and she that's, goes, yes, that's true, my uh, friend David Boy just got out. So I go, How was it received? Not well. <laughs> you sound very good. You sound like Marty Short doing David Steinberg. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it's I'm doing. It's a better David Steinberg than Gilbert's David Steinberg. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Thank you. Very impressive. I am definitely doing Martin Short. Doing, but why don't you like me? I'm charming. <laughs> yes. I'm witty. I dress well. That's Martin Short doing yes. David Steinberg in The Verdict. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it sounds a little like Martin Short doing Doug Henning, too. <laughs> I think he yeah. combined. Magic yeah. is an illusion. Yeah. Uh, but Mar- I, what, there's a clip on YouTube, and you can find it. Martin Short doing Peter Pan. It's 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 a SCTV Peter Pan. John Candy's playing Peter it's, Pan. It's great. He's so fat that uh, when they're doing the stage production, the crew can't hold him up on the on the uh, wire that he's flying yeah, through. So he keeps television. hitting all the walls. But Martin Short plays Captain Hook. And then he does a monologue on the ship because he's playing David Steinberg playing Captain Hook. So he just turns to the camera. He goes, I don't understand why. But then he, he's got uh, Wendy, Michael, and John captured. <laughs> but my favorite line for some reason when he calls John, John. He calls him by his name. He goes, John, let me ask you a question. <laughs> I don't know why, but that works for me every time. It's great television. <laughs> but John, do you think I'm a bad person? <laughs> like, you, why did he, why do you pick John? <laughs> have you seen the... Uh, Track down the old David Steinberg show where Candy and Flaherty and, and Martin Short were all players on it because it was sort of like the Larry Sanders show. Was that in the, the US? Larry Sanders. It was done, I think it was done. I thought in, it was Canadian, maybe. Yeah, it, uh, well, I think it was Canadian series, but I think it aired here. Was it before SETV? David Steinberg show. Was it the 70s? Yep. Look it up. Yeah, I don't with, know. It. With Martin Short, with, uh, with Flaherty, with the Candy. And it was basically David Steinberg playing uh, a slightly more. Um, E- uh, egomaniacal version of himself as a talk show host. So what? it was kind of like Larry Sanders in that you got the behind the scenes and you got the actual talk show. And what made David Steinberg like so popular? Like, why is he such a legend? Uh, he was a smart comic. He would like like people like Robert Klein and Carlin. I think I think it was a, a, a different brand of comedy. I think he was one of the first Smothers Brothers too. I think he was one of the first guys doing smart political satire on stage. And he, I like I I know I hear uh, that he was the like he invented the therapy session and improv or something. Is that oh the, true the, the psychiatrist character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think and it, that was like a big deal for some reason. I can't figure it was out a big why. Character, that. Big character for him. He told us some great stories. On, you should listen to that episode about. Why, why uh, do I have to listen tur- when I can actually do it? <laughs> turned right up here? on Nixon's enemies list. He claims that the, really. The, he claims exciting. the Nixon White House used to send people to his shows to heckle him. That's when, great. When, when he would talk about Nixon in his act. Yeah, it's great stuff. That is exciting, yeah. actually. It's, uh, yeah. My mother's on Schindler's List. Really? You know, yeah. yeah. Some uh, guy that hates uh, <laughs> Jews. That. Yeah, they have a Schindler's List. My mother's on it. It's a pretty big deal, right? Are you impressed? <laughs> you probably didn't even know it existed, did you? Did you ever get to meet uh, uh, Randall or Klugman in your travels? Was no. Klugman, uh, Klugman was signing books at the Friars a few years ago. He's dead, though, right? He's passed, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I never got to meet them. I really would have liked that very much, and certainly Tony Randall was very accessible because he's here. Yeah. My dad ran into him at the opera once, uh-huh. and my dad was thrilled. And um, it is funny that uh, on that show that Felix and I mean that Tony Randall was who he is. I mean the the character was written for somebody else. You know, Neil Simon just wrote well, Felix. Art, Art Carney was the original Felix on Broadway. Right, right, but yeah. but Neil Simon didn't write it for Art Carney. Right, he sure. just wrote this character, and then it turns out on the TV show like. Tony well, Randall was like he loves the opera and he like it was very strange that he actually was able to put yeah you don't see that very often the like, opera thing might have come later too it might have been that the series developed the opera thing because of Randall because of him but well, that's yeah. what I'm saying it's yeah. interesting that they used all his things but it worked out perfect. they were based on the characters were originally based on Neil Simon and his brother Danny oh is that right yeah but I remember my dad saw him at the opera and he was or was thrilled. it or, or was it, or it might have been Danny and and some guy that he roomed with I think I misspoke well. I, my dad was home at the opera, and he, goes, and he talked to him, and he goes, how did you like the opera? And he goes, mm, it was very good. You know, like, it was very exciting for, you know. Well, you know he had a movie career that people don't, don't even think about. Yeah, uh, Tony it's funny. I, uh, sometimes I watch that the Pillow Talk is the only one I've ever yeah. seen. Him. Not only as sort of the, the second banana in the Rock Hudson Doris Day pictures, but in, in movies like The Seven Faces of Dr. Lau, which, you have, which you, ha- you have to take a look at. And, and, and he's the lead in that? Yeah, yeah. It's weird, you know, when you well, see. The Brass Bottle, Burl Ives. My mother and I were watching, uh, you know, the TCM channel, uh, Turner Classic Movie Channel, and they had the Lucille Ball movie, and it's just so weird. It was a drama. 
Uh-huh. It's just so weird to see Tony Randall or even Jack Klugman or especially right. Lucille Ball doing drama. You cannot picture it. It just doesn't work anymore, unfortunately, because right. right. they just know them as these characters. The personas you know? take over. You should get Al Molinaro uh, on the show. Who? Al Molinaro. Is he Murray still the alive? Cop. He is still alive. He's got to be in his probably in his nineties, but he's living in L.A. I we think. should have him play Murray at the uh, the reading we're going to do, or have him do it over the phone. Well, it's going to be in front of a live audience. <laughs> okay. so we'll be, uh, well, then you gotta, although we're doing a reading in front gotta, of a live audience, that's a real difference. You got to fly him in. We're really uh, kind of phoning it in. Technically, I mean, in a way, but uh, yeah, he um, and Gary Marshall, I believe, is directing a play in the city right yes, now. Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what I wanted to say is that I, I went to see, uh, and this is where it gets a little gay, but um, a little gay. Uh, my mother and I it went to Was see it a little a, gay when we talked about lo- loving falling in love with football teams based on their uniforms? Yeah. I yeah. guess the whole okay. show has been pretty, uh, yeah. pretty gay. Yeah. Uh, my mother and I went to see uh, That's Entertainment, not the movie, the musical. They made a musical with Michael McKeon and Tracy Ullman. Really? Or as I said, David St. Hubbins. When and, was uh, David St. We just saw Thursday. Wow. And uh, it was pretty good. It was. I think they want to bring it to Broadway. And it's got all, you know, that movie, I like it because it's uh, one of Fred Astaire's. It's, it's interesting because, you know. The first watching, one's good. When they start going into the second, that's entertainment. And the fourth and the fifth. No, 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 no I'm sorry. One. I keep doing that. I apologize. It's called The Bandwagon. Oh, The Bandwagon. Sake. Oh, I keep saying totally that's different entertainment. Animal. I know. I keep doing that. I'm right. confusing everybody. That's okay. It's The Bandwagon. It's a movie with Fred Astaire and Sid Charisse. Right. And, you know, if you grew up on those kind of things, like if your parents made you watch them or stuff, like they're very interesting, you know, because they're so Isn't Annette Fabre in The Bandwagon? Yes, she is. Yes, there she is. Go. And uh, But it's a, I like that uh, movie because Fred Astaire is... And then you realize why Fred Astaire was so cool. It's also a little autobiographical. He plays an older character that used to be somebody, and he was aging at that time. But for us, it's weird that he would be aging because it was made in the 50s. Sure. You know, we were... They're still made before we were born. The show's getting very gay right now. Uh, I know, but... Was Oscar LeVant? Fred Astaire is... Yes, he was <laughs> He's in, in, in the bandwagon. But Fred yeah, Astaire the, is not gay, know, and he was way movie. cool. Even though he married that jockey, which I'm always questioning Robin about. Smith. Why would he marry a jockey? I don't know. She was, what, she and where are there female, a whole bunch of female jockeys back then? She was very young. She where was, do you even find a female jockey? What's he doing at the track? <laughs> so Michael, what the Ma- hell is his stare <laughs> doing at the track? <laughs> so Michael McKean is doing the bandwagon on on Broadway. Not that's, that's right. entertainment. That's, sorry, I okay. got it wrong. Big and difference. he plays the Oscar Levant part, and he only has like two songs. I'm surprised he was doing it. His versatile Tracy talent. Tracy has a lot, uh, a lot of to do, which was good. Love but. Michael McKean. Anyway, the reason I brought it up is because I just read today in the Post, they're making a musical a version of Hazel. <laughs> Are you serious? I am totally serious. Of Hazel. Look, I have the article. The TV right series here. Hazel. TV series. It's right here. Which was based on a comic strip. Look, TV Hazel made for stage. Look at that. <laughs> With Lucy Harnes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Lucy Harnes is going to direct it. Oh, she's going to direct it. She's going to direct it. So okay. Lucio Ball's I worked daughter I is w- going to direct the TV version of Hazel, which is even before our time. I worked with Lucy Arnaz last year. I'm sure you did. She's I didn't. I wouldn't on, have believed that for the, a second. On uh, the Mark Twain Prize, she's very. She's a lovely. Is she person. nice? Very sweet. Really she loved working with her. I'd like her. to talk about the jazz singer. I didn't care for her performance. No, that wasn't that. such a good one. Wow, a musical We're based on. We're coming to America. <laughs> I can't marry you. You're not Jewish. Remember yeah. when she brings out the ham? And sure. On Friday night, she's trying to make the Friday night. She brings out the ham, and he just does the head slap. Olivier was a great rabbi. Oh. I have no son. Do you remember when Eugene Levy played it? Sure. In the SCTV? Of they course did I do. Al Jarreau, they did the jazz singer. This is so brilliant. They did the jazz singer backwards where Al Jarreau, this legendary jazz yeah. uh, singer, played a guy that was a cantor, that was a, a rock or jazz singer who wanted <laughs> to be a cantor. And his dad, want, uh, Sid Dithers, Eugene Levy played this old Jewish man Sid who wanted him to go back to being a rock star again. And he goes, What's the matter? You don't like being a rock musician and stuff. Oh my God, that made it. and because I, I remember because that's why I always knew Al Jarreau because he sang the song on the SCTV show. SCTV was my favorite because they would bring in uh, I remember John Cougar, Wendy Williams, the oh, yeah. and they and Hall and Oates, and they would sing their songs and be part of the sketch. It's my favorite thing I've ever wanted to do, and nobody. Uh, Larry Sanders kind of went there a little bit, a little which was bit, kind of fun, a little bit. But I remember he saying, "We're in this love together." I, I can remember it. Like it was, yeah. I mean, I just remember it, it. It meant so much to me because I'm like, if somebody can write something like this, uh-huh. I, I there's hope. I, yeah, there's hope. This for show all covers of us. a lot of ground, Dave. 
I know, but that's why uh, we got Al Jarreau, Wacky Packs, Pamela you know, We went through everything, and that's why uh, we're actually coming to the end, unfortunately. I swear to God, Frank, I don't know how the audience is going to feel about this. I could have done an absolutely another hour. <laughs> you like, have to come on I feel again. like we haven't scratched the surface. We have not scratched the surface. <laughs> You've been an unbelievable guest. I hope I let you talk a little bit. I was just too excited. You're too kind, buddy. Thank you. It was a thrill. Listen, uh, you're doing a great job on Gilbert's podcast. You're an absolute amazing co-host. Thank you. I'm uh, glad you like it. I wish that you weren't doing it so you could be on the show every week. (laughs) But you're great. You have an amazing voice. Invite me back. Oh, please. Come back anytime. And uh, again, you can listen to Gilbert's podcast. Uh, Gilbert is Godfrey's it every week? amazing, colossal podcast. New episode every Monday. Yes, you can get on GilbertGodfrey.com or uh, SideshowNetwork.com. And you said if you go to your Facebook page, you can see wacky pictures, wacky packages. Uh, if anybody's listening that cares, <laughs> I'll send you the wacky packs and the garbage pail kids that Frank, I wrote please, for Tops. Please, my thirty listeners are going to uh, care. There's a, there's a big demand. So how dare you? Thanks, Dave. It was fun. Yeah, it was a great time. Thanks so much, everybody. I'll tell you more about the Odd Couple thing happening in December. And uh, we will see you next week on The Spread with Dave Juska.